0: In this episode, I speak to Tondurai Chienduku. He's a creative consultant and actor, and one of the people who share some of the strategies to combat failure. Or maybe, in a way, he tells us it's okay to fail. And that is what I took out of this conversation. I hope you Enjoy. Can you please start by introducing yourself and letting the people know who you are, where you're from, and what's been happening during this time with you?
1: Okay, great. Uh, well, thank you for the opportunity. Um, my name is Tondarai Chindiko. I am uh, Zimbabwean by birth. I live in South Africa. I've lived here for about a decade now, which sounds like a long time when I think about it, but yeah, well is what it is we all know how zim is like so we're all forced to be away from home um i've um what can i say where can i start so i've i've worked um in the arts in fact when i came here initially i studied at fit uh the drama for life program and then uh, right after that i i began working uh within the cultural and creative space um this is the work that i had done before when i was in zim i uh i work for Allianz Francaise, uh, running their programs, and then uh, the Rari International Festival of the Arts, I would worked for them as well. So, after finishing it with, I worked at Sibiko Art Centre, Dance Umbrella, and uh, uh, University of the Free State, Arts and Culture Office, British Council, Goethe Institute, the Cultural Entrepreneurship Platform. So, this is the space I've sort of found myself in, and uh, currently, we, me and some colleagues of mine, people that I've known for I think for as long as i've been in south africa we in 2016 we decided to register a company uh specifically focusing on the cultural and creative industries because we we were quite unhappy with a a number of things i remember we attended a conference and at that conference i won't name the conference because the organizers might might hear this interview and not be so happy but it doesn't matter anyway we were were just we were just venting you know and we're like guys this program is so it's really not what we would want and what, what, if we were to organize this conference, how would we do it in a different way? And so that conversation then resulted in us registering a company, uh, which we called at that time TML Creative Industries Consultancy. Uh, we were not very creative, uh, we were like, Oh, I mean, we thought of a name and we couldn't, we thought of all the Swahili names, you know. Everybody, whenever you want to start a company, be like, Yeah, let's find a Swahili name, you know, and then we couldn't find any, and you know, we, so our initials, myself, Tondarai uh Munyarazi and Lunwabo TML Creative Industries Consultants, is what we then started so um yeah so upon moving back to Jo'burg, uh that's that's sort of what I decided to then uh really like focus on and 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 you know try to really give it life and uh it's what has been keeping us busy and it, it's been it's been great you know just the kind of response we've, we've received from the sector from colleagues and uh, and yeah and now obviously it's lockdown and I think uh, everybody's affected in different ways and different means and also for us I think we've also had to adjust quite a quite a lot of things and how we work and how we communicate and all that it's it, it's it's an ongoing thing it's an ongoing thing yeah so look I think in a, in a in a in a in a very big nutshell that's what I can say
0: to start us off with that's great um i know a couple of your colleagues i i'm i'm sure you know that i know your colleagues um but i'm so happy that you guys started this company because i think it's needed in so many ways um i remember we spoke about uh, your company a, a year ago i think we met in johannesburg and we were still at a conference yeah. um and mm-hmm. uh we always find ourselves in these talk shops, and I wonder, in your in your own introduction, when you spoke about the fact that you were venting, how else do you vent when it when you see so many things going wrong at this time during the the corona, um, especially when it comes to the creative industries?
1: Uh, look, I, I think, obviously, I think all of us, we because we care, uh, the first thing about being creative, uh, whether you are an, an actual sort of person that is creating work as an artist or whether you're someone that works in the sector, I think you have a passion for it. You have a love for for this, for creating, and for being in a space where so many possibilities occur. And I think the reality of it is that a lot of people, I mean, a lot of us, we kind of complain about, government and policies and this and and i think at the end of the day i mean for me i think most of what we've been thinking about is that look um i think for for a long time we've been asking to be to be given recognition and to be allowed to sit at certain tables and i don't think that is going to happen i don't think that is actually ever going to happen because look when you look at things like you know science and technology i mean this is these are the priorities and they will always be the priorities people know that they love the arts and they love music and they love drama and everything artistic but it just would never have the same stature as as you know sciences as a scientist that or as a, someone that creates the corona you know vaccine i mean look you can write the most beautiful song about corona and people sing along to it but the person that creates the vaccine you know is the one that will get the nobel prize you know and stuff so for me i think it's just that thing of like look i think it's about focusing on ourselves focusing on on just what, what it is that, that we need to do and less on getting recognized and, you know, sitting around certain tables and, and you know, because it's I don't think it's going to happen. I feel like it's, it's, it's a waste of our time and effort. And I think at the end of the day, focus on yourself and try to kind of, you know, make your connections and try to, try to obviously align with like-minded people, try to work together, collaborate. I think we've had a chat about collaborating and, 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 and stuff, you know, so I think, that, that that's sort of how how I would try to respond to 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 that. That is, I think it's it's a chance just to kind of look at ourselves and really, you know, uh, look at whether the battles we've been fighting are necessary and whether they are winnable. Because I think, as the if the art of wars uh, uh, says, I mean, the the first thing about it is is to to, to choose your battles, you know. And I, I feel like we've been choosing battles that are probably not our battles. Uh, as crazy, you know. If I can speak on behalf of Crazy, yeah
0: okay um that's a great start into our conversation around failure and how structural um entities have kind of not been, you know, part of the, the the creative industries for a long time. In my opinion, I think yeah. that a lot of things have happened um, not at the cause of the coronavirus, but actually as a, cor- a direct correlation to what has been happening before, right, within the creative industries. How does then yeah. a failure play in your daily life when you look at the current... The, the current... Um, uh, the current uh, Situation that we're faced with as a creative industry. Do you think that that has also played a role in how we view ourselves because we've been failed by the system so many times?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a uh, that, that I, I think it's 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 not an easy question to answer because I I feel like the the first part of it is to define you know is to is 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 maybe not even defining is to question why the word failure even exists and why that word is so heavy and why sometimes when you're within the creative space, you know, already by simply being a creative, you're already deemed a failure. I think we all know that our our parents, our, particularly our parents and society, when you choose to be an act. I mean, I know with myself when I went to university and I decided to study drama i mean that never fit well with my parents it never did you know because even with with other people they were like why would you go to a university to study drama you know like what are you going to do you know like you know you're not going to be a doctor you're not going to be a lawyer you know so already already from 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 that initial sort of realizing that wow you know because i think for me i didn't realize that oh okay so i'm a failure already you know so it was like a and I, it took me back, you know, to say, wow, but I'm at a university. I mean, surely I'm studying a degree, you know. I mean, I, I, that means something, you know. But obviously society and family and whoever, they were like, no, but yes, you're studying, but it's drama, you know. So for me, I think, look, uh, when I look at failure, I mean, I, it's something that I think, because I already started off by, you know, this decision just to go that route. I think everything that has happened in my life up until this moment that I'm speaking to you now, has been a direct result of that decision to go to university and to study drama, you know, when you could study serious programs and serious degrees and much more, you know, degrees with weight, you know, that you can speak up and say, yes, I'm a lawyer or I'm this and that. So I think, I think look for for me, that was the first thing. And, and hence my relationship with failure is is probably not, not existent. And, but I, I don't say so in the sense that I've never failed. I mean, we all fail in different ways and means, but I think it was a realization that, okay, uh, you know, do I, do I agree to, to what my parents, because the, the first part of it, it was my parents. Do I agree with that, what they are saying, that I'm a failure because I'm studying drama? And I realized that I didn't agree with that. I did not agree with it. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I, I'm, I'm not gonna stop studying what I'm studying. The good thing is they were not paying for it. I mean, you know, we 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 had free education uh, where I had before other countries even yes. talking about free education. Yes, yes. you know, yes. you know. So <laughs> yeah, so they, they 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 were they were not paying for it. I mean, the government was paying for me. Yeah, and, and and so yeah, you know. So I started my drama, and then I I remember at some point I got involved in a in a massive campaign for New Start uh, Center. Mm-hmm. They were doing uh that when they were trying to roll out. The, the voluntary the voluntary counseling and testing stuff you know they were trying to get people to get tested mm-hmm. and to know their HIV status and all that so I got that was my first sort of really huge campaign in Zim and I was in I think I was in first I, was in, uh, I think I was in second year and I got cast in this thing and look this thing was huge like I was I was on billboards and magazines on TV on radio like I was like one of I mean I wasn't the only one there were like five other people, Ooh. but I I was prominent. And then from that moment, then, you know, then my dad and my parents are like, ah, oh, wow, you know, he's our son, you know, and they start now, you know, like accepting, like, ah, no, because i done something, you know. And, and and so, yeah, and but for me, it was like, okay, oh, wow, okay. You know, because I could see that, oh, so now that I've done something, I'm no longer a failure, but prior to this, I was a failure. So, look, I've got that... I don't I don't it's not it's a word that I I I think in my life um I I I I know that it's a powerful word but I think it's only as powerful as the power that you give it. Definitely. That's, that's, that's what I can say.
0: Definitely. It's yeah. it's only as powerful as much as you you know you 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 raise important issues. Um I also want to go back into what you were saying about um the the direct um implications of you being seen, right? Um from 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 that perspective, then when we when it comes to you being an actor, you're a theater maker. How does that then impact you if you're not getting work, if you're not you know, um, if you're not actually getting the amount of fame that um, that your work obviously in indirectly or mm. directly um, impacts your your livelihood because the more you're seen or you're visible, mm. um that's the number one thing that you know actors make their money through tv and film and it's quite a tricky um space so how does that play a role because i think a lot of people can sign you off as a failure by that alone right you're not seeing you're not visible yeah. you're working theater yeah. space um, and, and yeah. obviously your your confidence takes a knock so how do you work through that yeah. what is your journey towards you know navigating that space
1: yeah yeah well first and foremost I think visibility is not success visibility is not success you cannot equal visibility to success neither is uh, invisibility failure uh, right that, that's my it's not because and this is how it is uh, because when we Every time we we read about you know people that 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 are luminaries in the space, actors, uh. and, and and how their lives towards the end of their lives, how they they have nothing, you know, they don't have this, they don't have that, they are they are, you know they are buried you know in very very depressing conditions, and and then people go back like ah but look they were wasting their money, they had money, they wasted it. So I think for me for me I when I look at all of that, I mean I look at it the current situation now. Look, it's 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 we 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 have always, I think, been at the receiving end of of not not you know of not being taken seriously and of being viewed as failures and all of that. So I, I I took a decision, I think, from from the very onset of me studying drama and all of that, that look, there has to be much more to this, right? There has to be much more. And I was lucky that I was able to be exposed to to something like the Arao International Festival of the Arts, because what that did for me was that. I was like, wow, this thing. I didn't know, for example, that you can be a lighting technician or you can be a producer or you can be, you can be a, a costume designer. You know, and and so for me, it was like, oh wow. And all these things are within the one space. So I think for me, when I look at the demon currently now and why I I'm also affected, but I don't think in the same way, because most of the people within our space, we only, you know, our livelihood comes from one space. And I think that idea of your livelihood only coming from being cast in a production or being cast in someone's play is problematic you know and i think it's something that we can borrow from the the generation x or z whatever it is that they don't believe in one source of income or one one they don't want to be to be employed by one they want to do multiple things and multiple sources of income and all of that so personally in my own space i've also been able to i think to kind of think in that way of realizing that realizing that look uh, it's very difficult to, to, to survive off just being an actor or just being this because when the work dries up or you're not visible like what you're saying, then what, what do you do? You know, does it mean that your work is, is, is you know, because you're not acting, can you not teach? Can you not be also like oh, a lecturer or can you not be running your classes online like what a whole lot of other people are doing now that look, uh, this, this pandemic and the crisis has forced us to embrace technology in a way that we never would have embraced it. You know, we, we've all, most of us, I mean, even me, I've been technophobic, you know, and I think a lot of us are, you know, like, ah, man, technology, but we the, the pandemic has forced us to embrace it, and so and so a lot of people are finding new ways of sharing their work. Of course, the issues about the monetization, how then do you get paid and all of that stuff. So exactly. There's quite a lot of different things going on around that, and, and I think it's the models of that, whether you can, whether people, you know, can actually, because they're not buying tickets in any case, so, but I think at the end of the day, to again, go back. Were we really making money from ticket sales? Were we? Is is there anyone really that can say, look, I, I featured in the production, hundred people came and I made money and I'm this and and you know we were we were we were not. So I think for me it's it's this idea of diversification and and doing multiple things and getting and expanding, you know, sort of your your skills, you know, and adding additional skills within the same space or even outside the space and occupying the space is I think. Our Miss Universe always tells us that you occupy the space, and because the space is not only it's not only you in front of the camera, it's you also learning. Okay, that that okay, I could I could be I could be a costume design, I could be this, I could be that, I could be that, and, and and I think that's how we. I think that's how we we will be able to get out of this, and that that's something that even in, in my in my own existence. I mean, if I can tell you some of the jobs I've done, and it's not a, it's not you. I mean, if you read even the Hollywood actors, they will tell you. I was a waiter, yeah. I was this. I mean, I'm not all that. i have a waiter, I was a waiter when I... I was a cab driver when I go to South Africa, I was this. Even if a, a year or so ago, I was doing deliveries. I was delivering people's pizza in Rivonia, you know, and, and chicken and whatever. Because, but for me, it wasn't about that. It was about the fact that
0: I was able to have another source of income. Definitely, you know that. So you say, and that, so you're saying yeah. you're saying that a lot of people and what I'm gathering from you know I'm feeding off from what you're saying in terms of you don't necessarily have to stick to one profession, right? So even if you're you are an actress or you or an actor, you can always do other things besides just sticking to your craft. But for some people who are and, and this is a question that also comes up in the conversation i've had previously with other uh, entrepreneurs and creatives is that they they want to hone their craft right they want to make sure that they're good at what they're doing right the quality of their work comes out in a very um visceral way so that people can relate to it how then do you find the time while you're going through all these um all these jobs Mm. do you find the time to hone your craft right um and and then i also want to jump into a a question that relates to honing your craft how then do you stay in the game and um, find ways of being creative while your work takes up all the nine to fives takes up so much time i want you to just touch Mm. on that because i think it has a lot of it a lot of it has to do with the fact that we don't have the entrepreneurial mindset right so when we go into the space we always think oh i want to be a writer and i want to be good at being Mm. a writer and you write 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 but not thinking that actually i can build a platform where i can monetize yeah. craft and make all that mm. money right um that i need so that mm. i can i can hone my craft so i just want to to hear your point of view on that
1: Mm-mm. okay I, I think i think creatives need to i mean this will sound controversial but i mean it doesn't matter you know we we need to have had conversations the, the idea of of honing your craft and you know taking time i don't think that we have the luxury of that you know, of that notion of honing your craft i think we this is probably part of the problem why we find ourselves where we find ourselves that because you you want to get so good at what you do and look it's it's i think the way our lives are structured and the way capital you know runs our lives that you need to pay your rent right yeah. you need to pay for this you need to pay for that and then on the other hand you're like i want to hone my craft i mean look Unless if you if you've got a, a a three-year residency or a five-year paid residency, that is the only way that you can hone because then you're not worrying about about the rent or about about data or about whatever. So 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 for me for me look I I I, I think it's about doing the the doing doing things at the same time because I don't think I mean only a few of us have the luxury of actually getting the time and to. Hone your craft, because really, what that means for me, Palessa is that you you completely just you know you, you are just doing this. This is what you do. You wake up, you, you're doing your, your whatever, and you you know you, and you and and you are within a space that allows for that. But Ooh. because we're living in the real world, where in the real world it places expectations at our feet, you know, whether whether it's family responsibilities, whether it's black tax, you know, trust me, your parents, you can tell them, no, I do I can't pay black tax because I'm owning my craft. Do you think that they, they give it them? To be honest, they don't. They're like, dude, you know, you gotta pay for your brother, you know, you know. So you can't, you you are, you are, you can't use that ah holding my craft. So for me, I think what I'm getting at is that look, it's really to to kind of say, look, um, it because in the same way that other professions do not necessarily, you know, like do accountants have to hone their craft, you know. I mean, they also go and they do a three-year degree and they come out and they probably don't know much, but they 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 learn on the job as they do, as they do. And I think for me what what it brings me to places that the idea of being perfect or being excellent or being i think it's a journey you know it's a journey to and maybe it's an unattainable thing but the pursuit of that you get better and better and better but you may never attain it and i think that then frees you because for me why which is why i said the idea of saying you know it frees you to be like you know what i may not be the most amazing actor now but yeah. I'm working towards that next yeah. year, next and, and then you keep getting work. And then you're also not very choosy, you're not know? you're not too choosy. You know, you get involved with yeah. in this project, and people say, Look, there's a project and but there's no acting roles. Okay, can I be involved in some other way? Yeah, I mean, you can come through and you know, costume guys, you know, and and so it means putting our ego aside. That's right. Because that is the other thing. The ego, you know, that I'm you know, I'm honing my God. I mean, I have to be this, I have to be that. So for me, look, these are these are these things that I'm saying are things that I've applied in my own life, and that I, I continue to apply. That I don't, I'm able to tomorrow deliver pizza because I don't look at myself my, exactly. myself as a pizza delivery. Yeah. I mean, this is something I'm doing. It's a means to an end. Yeah. The end is me having my time to do other things, to other things, being able to maneuver within the space and not have a 95. Because <laughs> when I have a 95, then it means I can't. I, I can't really do the other stuff because i want to
0: i want to touch, touch on sorry to interject i want to touch on something that probably will sound controversial because a lot of people who are south african feel like foreign nationals are taking up space <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and obviously, yeah. then south africans look at themselves and they're like oh my gosh we're completely failing our country right so this yeah, is like yeah. the underlying um question when it comes to jobs yeah. in south africa do you think yeah. i mean this is something that really correlates to failure as well because a lot of the time i've been abroad and i've worked as a as a as all these different funny jobs right um mm volunteering mm. at a magazine and, and in exchange for yeah. office space and all these bartering yeah. ways of just yeah. survival. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. a lot of people, when they go into a different country, they're expected yeah. to, you know, be served on a silver plate. Like, this is what you we can offer yeah. you just because you're from Africa. But what yeah, I realized yeah. is, that living and traveling across, you know, countries has actually allowed me to understand that I can take any job. Right, I can do a lot of things. Yeah um but yeah, i'm yeah. too good at certain things right and yeah, yeah. it allowed me to meet very interesting people of course you your network yeah. becomes wider but you also meet people yeah. that actually impart some knowledge in, ter- in terms of how to go about a certain industry so one of the interesting mm. things that i've realized about you is that you've you've kind of straddled between different places in South Africa and you've come across yeah. a lot of cultures and Basotho, yeah. Basulu, Makuta, yeah. you know, and you're Shona yeah. and you come from Zimbabwe and, um, yeah. I want to find out from you Because this is something that I've always wanted To ask some of my Zimbabwean friends um, yeah. How does that Influence how you manage Spaces because a lot of people Have some, certain prejudices You know in terms of mm. Nationals coming into the country um, mm. Because it's mm. not a topic That a lot of people delve into Right they, we always talk yeah. about it From yeah. a very uh, linear point of view They come into our country mm. Take up jobs that's it you know, what is your mm. point of view on that?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh that's uh look. I mean, I think it was last night or, or something in Tokoza, I mean, there were apparently xenophobic attacks and stuff. So look, there's there's very real challenges in, in South Africa, very real challenges, and there's we can spend hours discussing why those challenges are there, and they're real. That South Africans feel and some of the things are if currency, some of the things may not may not have currency, but as a person, I think. I think for me the first part is the moment that you leave your country right the act of leaving your country is is both painful and liberating right what that does is that I never thought ever 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 that I would ever be living in South Africa you know or living outside of my home country but because of circumstances I was forced to do that and so when you leave and you come into a space you know you 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 you, you don't have the luxury to choose what you do, you know you don't have that. You don't have because you are not a national. You know you're not. You don't belong. So therefore, you you are you are you kind of pursue whatever opportunities come your way. You kind of try to work as, as much as you can, and to, because you know that at the end of the day, you know uh, again that thing of because you came here, people at home expect that look you are there you know and therefore we we need to see that you're there through through the things that you own and through you building back home and all that stuff and and so so for me i think i think it's not it's it's something and i've worked i think you're actually right i mean i've worked in KZN, you know at the university of zululand i worked and i went there and i was like look i mean i've worked in free state i've in Jobek. so i don't believe that there's any place that i cannot work you know uh, regardless of the fact that I'm foreign but I don't I don't carry that that burden of saying oh I can't because I I think look I'm going there and I'm, and I'm I'm also going there with a certain humility that look I am not from here I'm not pretending that I'm not from here I'm not trying to be like oh yeah you know I'm this and this so it's the, the one way that I can I can answer that is that I, I had to figure out a way of existing within a space that is not designed for me and that way of existing means a certain humility as well, that, that you, you have to have, you know, so that you, you are able to also kind of navigate some of the spaces. Because, look, there are issues. I mean, there are issues, and we can't deny those issues. There are issues in communities, there are issues of unemployment, there are issues of this, and it is also around how, what kind, what employment means to a foreign national like myself. I mean, what employment means to a South African person, you know, what does how come certain jobs, you only find foreign nationals that will go and work there, and South African nationals won't necessarily work those jobs. Not because you know they they are not there, but maybe because you know. So there's different kinds of arguments around that. But at the end of the day, I just feel like look, we are the idea of, of us as as global citizens. I mean, I know you've traveled a lot. I mean, you continue to travel, you've worked in multiple spaces. You know, when when you when you when you begin to to to, to do that, you begin to appreciate that. Look, uh, your where you come from does not actually matter. I think it's about what you have to offer. You know, because where you come from, if you are so precious about. The fact that I am this, I'm South African, or I'm Zimbabwean, or I'm this. I mean, and then what? You know, I think it's about what you have to offer. And I think at the end of the day, all of us, we're under the yoke of capital, and capital wants results. And if you can provide those results, you cannot vote. And that's just how it is, you know.
0: I am so so. Um, I'm I'm like speechless when you talk about capital because um, that in itself is a is another um, conversation on another day, which does not relate yeah. to failure. I think. Um, I think it relates to a lot of a a bigger issue right around development and the political will um, that we we can actually garner from our leaders right so I want to talk now to shift the conversation to how did your parents as and you touched on it earlier on how did your parents influence you in in terms of you know having this idea of this you know success exists but also you can also mm. there's also this idea of failure that exists as well how did your parents mm. know, raise you or you know in terms of just knowing about this idea of failure
1: um okay i think i think
0: i mean the way i was raised i think i think
1: it's it's i mean i, I grew up i've been seeing my my parents sort of working very hard you know working very hard and trying to really to really do quite a lot for us to send us to school and all that but I also grew up you know being reminded of some privilege that I had you know that oh yeah you know you're lucky you're going to school you're lucky you have shoes and so I grew up also with with the guilt you know that and which I didn't understand you know because I mean I, I would you know I'd go to school and you come back and, and and you're always kind of you know like like almost like you know failure stalks you and but it's not a failure. It's almost like a manufactured kind of failure, where uh-huh. you know, and, and something that I continuously rebel against even now with my parents to say, look, look, uh, uh, you know, is there a time where you can sit and say, look, I have achieved certain things, and that I do, I no longer have to, 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 to kind of, you know, uh, cover myself with this idea that, you know, this poverty mentality, and uh-huh. and honestly, it's something that that I think it's a negative thing, and sometimes. We 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 also kind of, you know, we're raised with that thing of, you know, when someone asks you how you are, ah, no things are hard, oh. you know, ah, things oh. are terrible, you know. Oh. And, and I mean, and you're constantly asking yourself, but when are we ever going to say that they're not, you know? Yeah. Like you know, and so and so for me, I think I struggled with those things, you know, because you know, I mean, I went to school, I went to, to a boarding school, you know, and and my parents were doing all they can, and my parents were able to, I mean, hard workers, they were able to buy land and build a house and then put lodges in that house and, and they're still earning incomes and they're also war veterans and they were able when, when people were given money world veterans, they also got money and they, they bought another piece of land mm-hmm. and then they built another house. But the one thing that we carried was this poverty mentality, you know? Yeah. Like it was always, like, no, you know, like my dad would be like, I only started wearing shoes when I was four, 14 and whatever, so you must be... And you don't understand. And so I, I was always rebelling against that. And so I was not raised. My, my parents did not... I mean, I looked at them as, as a success to be I was like, but you have got this house. I mean, you guys got paid this money and now you've got this. But there's this continuous thing of so the idea of just treating yourself, you know, is not some it's something that I'm only beginning to do now. And I continue to do that because I'm like, you know what? Is there ever actually gonna come a time when you feel like you've had enough? Or what you have is enough for you to do what you need to do in that moment. So this is this is so this is how I've tried to to move away from you know I mean my parents are great parents they, they, they did all they could for me oh. they sent me to school and all of that I don't agree with the certain ideas because they still even to this day you know they built they bought another piece of land now you know and they're like yeah we're building and I'm like but why are you building again yeah I know we, we need to build we need to be... and then they're like no you must also contribute money I'm like no oh. I'm not contributing you know like why like like you've got two you've got this house no one is, else is living at home we've all left you know so there's this constant idea, I think, that they have that they need to consistently, and I mean, it's great for them, man. But I don't subscribe to it, I mean, I don't own a piece of land, I don't really want to own a piece of land, uh-huh. neither do I want to build a house,
0: uh-huh. I don't,
1: to be honest. And I don't feel like there's anything wrong with me, so 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 I think that's how I can answer that question. Around you know, I I, I didn't answer it the way that you asked me, like failure success, but that I've, I'm continuously navigating what that means for myself, uh-huh. right? To my parents, particularly, because they are the ones that I sit with every every other Christmas, And I'm asked, okay, so when I buy land, when are you going to build? I'm like, actually, I don't want to build, you know? Uh, like, I don't want to buy. Like, oh, but, you know, but look at someone else's child. They bought the land. And, you know, so you're constantly having to push back, you know, to say, look, I, instead of asking me, I remember having a chat with my parents sometime when I was home. I'm like, I, I wish that you could understand that you don't ask us about the things that you have but you ask us whether we're happy exactly. and that should be now. Yeah. I'm happy you need to just understand you know so I know that maybe it's a slightly romantic kind of understanding of you know TV parents that city <laughs> does and they ask them, I'm happy my child yeah. our parents are African and for them they need to see the signs of success and that is a big house a big car a wife children you know things like that And so I'm rebelling against all of that and saying look uh, and I think to be honest Palesa, that has freed me yeah. And it freed me to pursue the things I need to pursue to and to fail, you know, as I have in different aspects when I've tried to, you know, even in the company now, it's not like things just, you know, That's, falling into space. I yeah. mean, you struggle. You are you are trying to get this and that. Even in my personal life, I mean, you go for castings. Alessa, you go for, in a week, you can go for more than 10 castings, right? You know, or more than 15 castings mm-hmm. for adverts or or whatever, and some of them you don't get them because already ah, you look foreign or your accent, ah, we're not. but you go. Yeah. You go. Like for me, I'm like, look, as long as no one stops me, I'm going. And and the idea for me is that instead of asking, you know, of, of begging for permission, of asking for permission, you know, they beg for forgiveness. And so I put myself in spaces, and and sometimes it works out for me because I put myself in those spaces. Rather than saying, okay, uh, it might not work out, it might not work out, you know. No, just go there, try it out, check it out. If you realize that you already know the stuff, then you you realize that you know. But you're not going to realize that if you're not gone. And I think that's what I continuously try to do, even at this stage of my life, you know.
0: That's really amazing. I've learned so much talking to you because one of the key takeaways I've kind of gotten from what you've just said is that um, putting yourself into uncomfortable spaces is actually the key to actually gaining that kind of Uh, success uh, that's defined according to you and not according to what the external uh, factors or external societal norms are saying Um, so yeah I really appreciate that input Uh, have a good uh, Sunday I know that you are busy but I appreciate the time
1: okay no thank you please. I mean uh, I've, I've enjoyed this and uh, yeah I, uh, I'm looking forward to listening to, to other people as well that you've interviewed to hear their perspectives on this and I think look these are important topics and we need to be discussing these kinds of things and at the end of the day we con- we're we in a continuous process of learning you know I'm not and, and I, I will continue to learn you know and so that, that's sort of what, what I also take from this so thank you for the opportunity I look forward to the rest of it and please keep up the good work uh, these kinds of conversations are important and the other work that you're doing like you're like all over you know
0: how am I all over day, oh my god So, must... no, <laughs> even... for me I'm
1: not
0: all over <laughs> were, you, were you not on a, on a panel yesterday uh, you know
1: were you not on a panel yesterday um... were you not on a
0: yeah but that's not all over that's like something that i got invited anyway let's talk about this offline (laughs) i'll i'll chat to you soon bye Thank you for joining us for episode 2. As you can tell, Tandarai Chiandeku is one sharp mind. There are three things I would like you to consider in this episode. Number one, take up space. Encourage yourself whenever you go through rejection. Number two, the road might look like it's a long one, but keep going. It'll get better. Number three. Don't blame anybody for your journey. You are the captain of your ship. And you can go anywhere, end up with anybody, and build relationships that last a lifetime. Who knows? Your next chapter might be just around the corner. Till next time, my name is Balisas Tsukomutumi, and I am the host of the Next Chapter podcast.